Welcome to Dropping In, a podcast of storytelling and interviews with your host, Winter Olympian Mercedes Nickel. Thank you so much for dropping in on this bonus episode. Now, I've done 10 episodes with Whistler Kids and their insights on growing up in Whistler. And I wanted to do this bonus episode because a couple of my listeners have actually asked me what my thoughts are on growing up in Whistler. So I hope you enjoy this and uh, some questions will be from my listeners. And I thank you so much for sending those in. If you have been listening to Dropping In, you'll know that I do start the podcast off with a rapid fire but this time I've had questions from my listeners again thank you for sending those in James you've been very keen and sent a bunch of questions thank you so let's get straight to it how long have I been in Whistler full-time since 1995 which doesn't seem like that long ago but it is Um, but we came out here as a family from the beginning my parents were here in the uh, early 70s and uh, we came up here every Christmas or spring break and spring break when we were when we lived in Toronto so Whistler really is home for me number two do you think you'd be a pro snowboarder if you didn't grow up in Whistler I I doubt it I highly doubt it I was deep into figure skating in Ontario but uh, I mean who knows maybe I would have found it (laughs) number three what was it like being an outsider relocating to Whistler such a great question when I moved here I was 12 years old and it was awkward I went from a school in Toronto where I just won awards for doing the most amount of sports in the year and to come to Whistler was pretty intimidating there were such good athletes in school I know we were in grade six but still like the the caliber of athletes I shied away having just won this award I was like oh gosh I don't think I should do every sport you know it was it was pretty intimidating for me but I did find my place which was nice number four is there any other city or town that combines beauty landscape and people I have yet to find it I do enjoy Europe and I think that they have that going for them as well but is it the people? I don't know if they have that. I'll have to explore some more. Number five, Whistler kids growing up together, is that the only factor that makes them Whistler kids? It's a good question. Um, I think even the kids that moved away, they're still Whistler kids because they just, they grew up here. I don't think it's a, it's um, us, I don't know. Is it us growing up together? I think we'll dive deeper into that when I kind of share some stories on my take. Number six, Whistler versus Toronto. They both offer very different things. And I did live in Toronto for about three months working for the, um, working with RBC and the Olympians program. And I have to say Whistler, although I do love visiting Toronto. I'm not opposed to ever living there, but Whistler's got the mountains and everyone always would say that if you move to Toronto, you're going to miss the mountains. And I was there for three months and I kind of got an understanding of what that was. Okay, number seven, Whistler versus London. Again, I have a lot of family in the UK, um, but they do travel here. So (laughs) again, Whistler takes the cake. Number eight, Whistler versus being on Team Canada. (laughs) 
I feel like I am on Team Canada, just living in Whistler. <laughs> You're not going to like that answer, are you? Oh, well. Number nine, Whistler or Blackcomb. Now, I did ask every Whistler kid this, and you probably know if you've listened. I'm a Whistler kid through and through. My parents don't even really go on Blackcomb. I think they would get lost. My brother barely ever goes on Blackcomb. Um... I don't know. I think it's just the smoothness of the runs. And I just, I do get this heartwarming feeling being on Whistler. And maybe that's just instilled from me from like the back in the days of Whistler versus Blackcomb. Um, But hey, that's just the way it goes for some of us. Okay, number 10. Has Has the heyday passed for Whistler kids or is there more to come? Now, I mean, we have some really obviously rad Whistler kids that I have interviewed, and I only just touched the surface. The kids that are coming up now that I see coaching kids in the skate park, I, we talked to Irie Smith, and she's a young kid growing up in Whistler, and, and her brothers and sister, there's a lot more amazing kids to come. I can see that for sure. I mean, the, the ante's only getting upped and up for um, action sports, for helping the environment. Uh, we're, we're really um, on the brink of something, I think. Will the next 20 years see as much change to Whistler as the last 20? I hope not like development-wise. I hope that that we still, I know that we will keep our greenery and everything, but I, I hope not, <laughs> like change development-wise, but change in the community-wise, I hope it's all for the better. I'm just trying to stay positive there on that one. <laughs> Number 12, what is Whistler missing? Gosh. Well, okay, so the first thing that came to mind when, when, I thought of that is uh, a water slide, but we had one back in the day, and I remember that. So if you've ever been to Whistler, you might um, know where the base of the Whistler gondola is in the village, and now there's the West End right next to it. And the West End used to be a water slide, and I have like vague memories of going down that water slide. Um, <laughs> I guess a water slide? Is that silly? Oh, well. Number 13, what don't you like about Whistler and want to see change? Well, I'm just laying out my window right now and I'm just looking at trees and I don't want, I don't, what don't I like about Whistler? I mean, such a tough question. I guess it's all the tourists that come to our town. I know it is a resort town, but like growing up here, it's just, you kind of forget that all these tourists come and it's, it gets it gets busy nowadays. What, uh, why do you think some kids get caught up in drugs and others go on to excel? I can only talk about me, for instance. I grew up with sports, and that kind of kept me out of drugs. Also, I was in the national team at such a young age that drug testing was always a thing um so for me it was sports and uh I can't really speak on the others but I mean being competitive and in sports I think that has something to do with things last one favorite place to eat and go-to item 
there are so many good restaurants in Whistler. It's hard to just choose one. I'd have to say I do love Caramba and their calamari. If you don't like aioli, which is like this garlicky mayonnaise dip, then do not have it because that's kind of the whole, that's like the calamari is a vessel for the sauce. (laughs) But don't get me wrong. There's Sushi Village. There's just Red Door. And in Whistler, it's awesome because it's just like a scale. You can go get a burger or homemade pasta. You can get sushi. You can get Indian food. You can go high end. I mean, it's endless. And we're so lucky to have all of that amazing thank you guys so much for your questions a lot of them came from james and i do appreciate that so hopefully you got a little bit more insight onto um, me and whistler there but i do want to get into we had 10 episodes in this series uh, as to like what makes whistler kids so successful and we touched on a lot of things We talked about freedom, competitive nature, passionate people, challenges, growing up with your idols, working hard, and the community support, and so much more. I just want to share a couple of stories about growing up in Whistler, starting with when I think of freedom. Freedom makes me think of us all growing up in the Whistler Village at that awkward age where you're kind of too cool for anything but not old enough to get into the bars. <laughs> it also, I also have to give a shout out to my parents for letting me travel the province and internationally at a very young age to compete in snowboarding. Actually, a shout out to all parents that give that independence and trust to their kids. I know when we were in high school, we had um, the ski team and the snowboarders in a classroom where we were taking math independently so we could travel and come back and sit with a teacher if we needed help with that course. I Honestly, I think traveling made me a better person and it does give kids their independence. Then when I think of competitive nature and challenges, I can remember back to competing on Blackcomb in the half pipe where there was this series called the Sprite series and I mean we all had to start somewhere right so I think back to that time and I think back to the judges and how those judges that were just judging at a local competition have now blossomed into international Olympic judges it's so cool to see everyone take their own journey and not only was I competitive But everyone around me, even the judges, were striving to be better and to take their own journey to see where it could take them. Now I want to talk about a story about challenges. So it makes me think back when I was younger and I was at Junior Nationals with my friends Timmy Orr and Mikey Renz. And they came up to me and they were like, this girl just did a rodeo in the halfpipe. And I was like, what? Oh my gosh. Because I'd been trying a McTwist, which is a flip in the half pipe. And a rodeo is also a flip in the half pipe. But not many girls at the junior level were doing any of them. And so these my good friends knew how to get me and knew how to challenge me. And I was like, they put the fire under my butt to get out there and do that trick. And, and, I, and I tried it. I crashed a bunch, don't get me wrong. But uh, I was really stoked that I had tried it. 
they knew they knew how to push my buttons and and challenge me in no other way that like a coach at that time could long story short the girl had never done a rodeo they just told me that to like get me going and get me to try things which I commend them 100% like props to them for knowing that and that's what friends are for um actually my friend Timmy who was one of the guys he I asked him um right before the 2010 games we had a training camp in Whistler and I was like butting heads with my coach I was struggling with my riding I was going into the Olympics as an underdog and I needed all the help I could get and so something about this community and friendship with Whistler kids you I just reached out to him I said can you just come watch me and maybe like give me a couple tips and I tell you I might owe my Olympics to my family and friends for always challenging me and pushing me to do the best that I could so lucky such a great community now if I'm going to talk about passionate people our community is absolutely full of passionate people if you've ever been injured and luckily enough have been in whistler you'll know that there's passionate doctors physios massage therapists optometrists the people that i saw when i was recovering from any injury be it small or large they were there to help me and those are whistler people Brenda Norrie said it perfectly and she said they chose to be here and I'd like to say that they're thriving. They're living their best lives while helping people make their lives more fulfilled as well. Now, okay, if I'm going to touch on growing up with your idols, I have to share this one. It's kind of an embarrassing story, but whatever. Life is embarrassing. It's full of those moments. So lo and behold, I was a fan. I had a drop dead fan thing for Devin Walsh. And I still think he has the best snowboarding style in the business. And I remember going to summer camp up at Brome Ridge. And he was there for one session. And everyone in the lodge, like staff members, all the kids, they knew I was, I, I thought Devin Walsh was the best snowboarder in the world. And I almost hands down still do. <laughs> but anyways, um, I was a really shy 14-year-old girl and there was no way I had guts to talk to him. I was just like so nervous when you meet your kind of idol that you've been looking up to that I've had like pictures of him snowboarding on my wall in my bedroom. It was like too much for me. So one thing that happened at that camp is that we had uh, a cat ride out to the half pipe every day. And when... And if like a guest coach came, they could bring their own snowmobile and they could get back and forth. So I was too shy to ask him for a ride on his snowmobile, even though, again, like the whole staff knew I was just freaking out that he was even here or there at the lodge. And um, and so at the end of the day, one day, um, I saw one of the guys go up and be like, hey, can I get a ride back on your snowmobile? And I was just like my heart sank. I was like, oh, you're such a, you should have just gone for it and asked him. And then he declined that kid and was like, no, I'm, I'm already taking Mercedes. Ah! 
I was so excited. One of the staff members at the lodge had like told him, I guess, so like thrown me under the bus, but in the best possible way. Because then I got a freaking ride on a snowmobile with Devin Walsh. Like, how does that even happen? I was the happiest kid ever. Did things get better? Yes, they did. Wait for it. So um, at the end of that session, you would get like a kind of report card on how your writing has improved and what you can work on. And lo and behold, Mr. Devin Walsh wrote my <laughs> wrote my report card and he told me in there that I had good style. To get that kind of compliment from your idol was just, oh, the bee's knees, so crazy. So just looking back on that, it's funny because now I do consider Devin a friend And that's what's cool about being a Whistler kid. You can be a young kid looking up to someone, but literally they will be in your backyard because we have some of the best terrain for skiers and snowboarders, if that's your jam. And uh, and that's what Stan and I did talk about. It's just like you're going up the chairlift with someone you've looked up to forever. It's definitely something that is super special here in Whistler. Moral of that story, pull up your pants. Tell them that you're a fan if you are a fan because that's your chance. Who else is going to do it for you? You might not be as lucky as I was. Thinking about hard work, it may seem almost natural to Whistler kids. We seem to go out and get the the job done. Now, but our job might seem very different than a 9 to 5 job. This is something also Stan and I touched on in episode 15. For instance, if he goes out filming or if I go out shooting for an ad in the backcountry, that clip or that photo is just an instant. His video clip could be 30 seconds to a couple minutes, but it's countless hours to get a video shot, to get a whole video section, and to get one photo can take a day or two, especially considering weather, you got to think about all the crashes that might happen. You got to think about building the jumps, hiking. And those are just the hours that you put in. It is what it is. That's why working hard may come natural to Whistler kids. Because if you think about it, that's your image on the line. And you want to put the best content out. It's similar to competing. I didn't want to do a trick in the pipe if it didn't have style. And sometimes that was hard for me to try a new trick because I had to really work hard sometimes to make it look good and feel good. You're going to crash a bunch of times, but once you get it right and you know what that feels like, oh, it's like butter. (laughs) I knew I needed new tricks, so I would put the hard work in. It's It's never the easiest thing But you're going to put your head down and you're going to do it if you want to see progress. That's the work that comes across any table. We're talking about business. You're putting your stamp of approval on a report that you're handing in. You're going to want to put the hard work in. So hard work isn't just for extreme athletes. It's a lot of hard work and it doesn't come quickly. I promise you. You're going to fail a lot before you strive. I think that's what Whistler kids are about. We're just striving for greatness, striving to be better. We like challenges, 
we like our freedom, obviously. A lot of us grew up on the mountains feeling that nice wind in our face. It's very nice. I highly recommend it. Those are just a couple stories that I had of growing up in Whistler. I know I have so many more. So if you guys do have questions, please do shout out. Hit me up on Instagram. I usually reply reply back. I'm wishing you guys all the best, and thanks so much for dropping in. I hope you are enjoying the episodes. Stay tuned to what's next on my Instagram account, Dropping In with Mercedes. Thank you, DJ Kenosis, for the music, and my mom for the intro voice. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com.